Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or iHeart, hit that subscribe or follow button. The content shared is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Imagination Health and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Scott, and I'm here with my co-host and friend, Clement Norris. And as always, we are so happy that you have decided to listen to this podcast. Clement has something special for both you and me. Hey, Clement, how are you? Hello, Carol, and uh, hello to the listening audience. I hope y'all noticed the fact that Carol said something special for you all as well as for her. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Most of the time, Carol has no clue what we're going to be covering. So yes, yes. Getting it fresh with the rest of you. Uh, <laughs> it's coming to me for the first time as well. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, but that's good. You know, we 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 uh we just gonna trust the Lord to keep everything rolling for us. So today's program. Today we're gonna be talking about wickedness. Mm. We're gonna be talking about wickedness. And what I, I hope to do is to show the impact wickedness has on our health if any at all. Before we could do that, I think that it would be wise for us to try to get some type of definition for the word wickedness. Now, of course, you know, we look in the Bible, we see that the word wickedness is, is uh, many, many times in the Bible, both the Old and New Testament. Obviously, sometimes you got to make sure you contextualize it when you're reading. It also comes in various forms wickedness, wicked, along that line in different forms. So what I want to do, of course, to start with the definition or looking at an origin for the word. The word wicked, you know, when you think of wickedness, you you know, you could take the word that we get words like uh, witch comes from the word wickedness. We think of a wick on a candlestick that is also can be traced back to the word wickedness. Uh, some of you in Carol, I don't know, Carol, are you familiar with Wicca furniture? Yes. My mother has some well, in her home. Yes. Yeah, so I think it's fair to say many, if not most people, are somewhat familiar with Wicca furniture. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you are familiar with Wicca furniture, are you familiar with a uh, candle wick? Yes. Uh, they are twisted. Mm-hmm. A wick of furniture is twisted furniture. A candle wick is twisted. Now, what I did was I looked into the encyclopedia to get a starting definition for the word wicked or wick. And it says, one, to cause 
And then it says in parentheses, one in or part to turn or, again in parentheses, of one end or part to turn in the opposite direction from another. Then it says coil or spin. So when we're talking about wickedness or wicker, we're talking about being twisted. Mm-hmm. We're talking about taking something and two things and going in opposite directions of those two things. So that's what we, uh, we, or at least that's what I'm talking about when I use that word wickedness. So when we uh, talking about wicked wickedness, we're talking about going opposite. Think about it this way. When God says go right, but we don't go right, we go left. That's wickedness. And we want to look and see what impact can wickedness uh, have on our health, especially when it is persistent wickedness. Did that definition make sense, Carol? Oh, yes. Twisted. Now, according to researchers, health researchers, it's been estimated that on the low end, roughly, what, 65 70%, if not more, of the health problems that we have, uh, they are lifestyle-related. Mm-hmm. which is pretty high. Matter of fact, 50% is, is high, but the, the number is definitely over 50%. And so we have to look uh, in the Bible and look at ourselves, right? Because in the Bible, it does say examine yourself to see whether or not you're in the faith. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So we, we definitely have to examine ourselves and find out if there's any inconsistencies between what God says I should be doing and what I'm doing. Is is God telling me to go right, but I keep going left? Now, if you take uh, most things and you start twisting them, when you keep twisting something, it gets tighter. And it gets tighter. So that, that persistent twisting uh, it starts having an effect, right? That persistent twisting in effect, you know, that they health on all levels, you know, mentally, spiritually, as well as physically. So we keep twisting and we keep twisting. I hope this is making sense. Mm-hmm. And if you keep twisting something hard enough, at some point it snaps. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, uh, probably the most basic definition or the most basic understanding that one can get to explain the difference between wickedness in the Bible and evil in the Bible, those two words. And is in the most basic um, example, if I keep twisting, if I keep going the opposite direction of God long enough, at some point, I'm going to snap. That again, you know, kind of goes over into the realm of transitioning from uh, wickedness to evil. I'm going to snap. Now, from a biblical standpoint, when you snap, when you when you cross over into that realm of evil, that doesn't mean that you you know you're slobbering at the mouth, dragging one foot, killing a bunch of people, 
you, you can still look normal, act normal, sound normal, be educated, dressed well, but you have allowed your conscience to become so seared with hot iron. And that's the way Paul described it. Become so seared with hot iron that no, no matter what anyone says to you, uh, especially when dealing with, with God and righteousness, you, you feel no sense of urgency to change the course that you're going on. You feel no, no sense of guilt. Uh, even though you see, you see clearly, nobody has to tell you, but you see clearly that the direction you're going is causing harm to yourself. But yet you keep going in that direction. So and now, now is that the category of reprobate? Yeah, they could definitely fall into the category of reprobate, and, and which in essence, the same idea of having a conscience here with hot iron. If you wanted to try to put a secular connection to that, it, it, you could say that's going over to the realm of an addiction because I see, I see that it's harming me. I see that it's causing me damage. I see that it's destroying my health, but yet I have this propensity to keep going in that destructive direction despite what is fairly obvious to me. And so that's where we kind of get that transition. So when we look at weakness, so obviously, we want to be at a point in our lives where we don't, you know, we don't push or don't resist God so so often and so hard that we snap. We, we obviously we don't want to get there. So when we're in the realm of the wickedness, uh, that's when we want to be. You know, and sometimes people surprise me because they, you know, sometimes people say, "Well, I don't, I don't know, you know, how to pray or what to pray about." Well, you know, pray, ask God, you know, God, if I. If I have any weakness in my life, please give me the gift of discernment so I can see it. And please give me the power to overcome it mm-hmm. because it's affecting my health. It's affecting my health spiritually, physically, and mentally. Mm-hmm. We don't want to walk around just imagining health and wellness. Mm-hmm. According to the scriptures, it, it can become a reality in our life. But for that to happen, we have to reject or renounce weakness. Now, in Psalms 54, verse 7, uh, it states, Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. We are supposed to love righteousness and we're supposed to hate wickedness. If we, if we have accepted uh, Jesus Christ in our lives, we should love righteousness. We should love the narrow path and we should hate wickedness. I think a, easy or simple way of kind of thinking about it is that if you are following, you know, if you want to go right, if you want to go the right direction that God goes in, God advocates, he promotes moderation. Matter of fact, the apostle Paul wrote in Philippians, I believe it was, he said, let your moderation be known unto all men. He promotes moderation. If we 
if we keep going the path of gluttony, we're going left. We're going in the opposite direction of what God told us to be doing. Instead of going right into moderation, we go left into gluttony. We don't abstain from the gluttony. And if we keep doing it long enough, uh, we keep doing it often enough, at some point, it starts taking a toll on our health. Now, I know sometimes when we think about it, we always think about, well, you know, the weight gain. But it's not just the weight gain. We mm-hmm. kind of got to be careful about that mm-hmm. because you can uh, look thin as a pole mm-hmm. and have high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. You can look thin as a pole and have too much salt in your diet. You can be a, a salt glutton. You can be a calorie glutton without even looking like you're overweight. I know all type of uh, thin people who are calorie gluttons. Mm-hmm. In other words, they eat a lot of junk food, which by definition is a bunch of foods that's low in nutritional value, but high in calories. If Jesus rejected saturated fats, which even modern science tell you you should do, then that's the right way to go. But if we decide to keep eating a diet high in meat with the saturated fats, well, we're making a decision to go left. Mm-hmm. We're going in the opposite direction of God. We are, we are twisting. And one thing Jesus made clear, Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. He tells us that in the book of gospel. Mm-hmm. So when we, when we know that we're going in the opposite direction of God and we keep doing it, then all of a sudden we start seeing all these health problems come up to the point where I end up with CAD, coronary artery disease, because I want to go left where the uh, tasty you know, animal fat products are, saturated fats, as opposed to going right, which is looking at very limited uh, meat eating, and when we do it, really uh, eating the leanest meats possible, not having any of that saturated fat. So we can make the decision we can go right or left. You look at a lot of the uh, you look at a lot of sexually transmitted diseases. If you look at a lot of and there's a lot of them, you know, what usually ends up happening is we have some some animal who has a virus or a bacteria. That virus or bacteria uh, gets to a point where it's able to transfer from that animal to a human being. So through the diet, somehow we, we take it in and then you see that a large part of the diseases that we deal with kind of come from that. Things from, from pigs, they you know HIV, they try to trace it to monkeys. So you, you tend to get a lot of the disease, I think, that way. You know, fact check it, but I, I think that's an accurate statement. Then the other side of the coin is the sexually transmitted diseases. And the, you know, the viruses, the bacteria, they become more resilient through the sex act. They get transferred. And again, you end up with a lot of health problems. Now, if we go right, if we obey God, because God said to obey is better than sacrifice. 
So if we go right, we obey God. Well, then what what does that mean? Well, that means that, uh, and I know, you know, everybody hold on to your chairs because I know everybody's going to be like, oh, you, you know, forget that, that ship is sailed. But if we go, if we go right, God says that uh, unless we're married, he says that we should avoid the sex act. If we avoid the sex act, and, and, and Carol, by all means, let me know if this is, is if this is off. But if we avoid the sex act until marriage, the likelihood of us uh, acquiring a sexually transmitted disease becomes very slim to none. Mm-hmm. Very uh, slim. So if we if we go the direction God wants us to go, which is right, you know, it becomes very slim to none that we can will get a sexually transmitted disease. And if we get married and we marry someone who obeyed God, in other words, they they're not, you know, they're not a virgin because they've been married. And but their spouse has died and their spouse also wasn't a fornicator. Well, when you come together with that person, the likelihood of you and that individual having a sexually transmitted disease becomes virtually slim to none. Mm -hmm. But if we decide that we're going to go the opposite direction, we're going to go out there and we're going to sleep with uh, as many people as we can, as often as we can, and not give too much concern or attention to who that other individual been sleeping with or how many other people they've been sleeping with. Well, what happens is we, we drastically increase the likelihood that we're going to acquire some type of sexually transmitted disease, herpes, uh, HIV, syphilis. I mean, the list can go on and on and on and on and on. So when we look at wickedness and the impact that wickedness can have on our health, I think it's fair to say that Weakness, our weakness can have a tremendous impact on our health. So when we're talking about being twisted, I know it was fairly popular for a while. You would hear people, especially young people, they would say, don't get it twisted. Well, you know, I think the Holy Spirit came up with that before we, you know, we ever did. Mm. You know, don't get it twisted. We need to we need to try to ask God to help us uh, stay on the straight and narrow. You know, he said there was two lanes. He said one was wide. He said there was a lot of people that want to jump on that one. Mm-hmm. On that one, you have a lot of wicked people. Mm-hmm. People who you know sleep with who they want to sleep with as much as they want to sleep with them. They, they ain't concerned about fornication. They're not concerned about adultery. They just, you know, sex, 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 sex on that wide road. They're more concerned about how the food tastes as opposed to the impact the food is having on their body. They also want easy access to it, prefer it if it's free, show up at all the parties. 
But on the narrow road, people are asking God to uh, forgive them because they wouldn't be on the on their road without forgiveness to empower them, to get them to give the discernment, to be able to, to see the things in their life that they're doing that's causing harm to their, to their body. They fully understand that their body is not their body. They, they understand that their body was, was not only created by God, but it was purchased by God mm-hmm. uh, at a very high price. It cost him the life of his son. They understand that. And so they understand that their body is God's temple. They understand that God wants to dwell in them. And so what they do is they say, well, I'm going to go to the direction. I want to go the same direction, the same path that God wants me to go in. I want his word to be a lamp unto my feet. And they follow that course. And all of a sudden, they may have gotten on that road with type two diabetes. But once they get on that road, type two diabetes goes away. They get on that road with being overweight, but all of a sudden now they got a normal or a healthy weight. They get on that road and probably came with hypertension. But now that they're on that road, the hypertension goes away. They know it's not easy, but they also know the God that they serve. They know not only what he can do, but what he can keep doing. That's what these individuals are on the narrow road. They, they want to be in harmony with God's will and not going contrary to God's will. And then show up at the uh, church and sing and praise him, uh, talk about his power, and then walk out the door knowing the things that we may be doing that goes contrary, the opposite, things that that are wicked, walk out the door and go right back to doing those things again. And so it impacts our health in all those areas. As a matter of fact, I'm going to hope and pray that I get a response to something because I'm just kind of curious. And it's something that I talked about, but it was a long time ago, but I'm just kind of curious. How many people in the listening audience will help me out with something? Now, to help me out with this, what you're going to have to do is go to the comment section, because unfortunately, we're not live. I wish we were. If we were, we can set a phone up and I can have people call in. But since we're not, I would be so excited if, if people would answer a question for me. And the question is, do you believe that we're hardwired for sex? Are we hardwired for it? Because this is why, and I know when you even bring up, I was just using it as an example, but when you bring it up, something like fornication or any sex act as an example, some people literally get bent out of shape. Matter of fact, I won't even be surprised if we don't lose a listener or two. I mean, some people really, just really get bent out of shape about it because they, they feel like that, that that's impossible. We hardwire for it. We have to do it. And of course, since nobody wants to hardly get married anymore these days, or either they, they carelessly go into marriages and uh, adultery is rampant. They just think the discussions or examples like that are absurd. They just, it's unnecessary. So let me add this in just so we don't have any confusion. So the difference between adultery and fornication. 
Mm-hmm. Both of them, by definition, they are, they are an illicit sexual act. Mm-hmm. Uh, which what makes them illicit is that God prohibits both of them. The difference between the two is fornication is between two uh, unmarried people who are participating in a sex act. That is fornication. If if you are having a sexual relations with anybody, if you're not married. Uh, and you're having sexual relations with anybody who is married, that illicit sexual act is called adultery. And if you're married and you're having sexual relations with somebody who is not married, that illicit sexual act is also adultery. It's only fornication when you have two individuals who are not, let me stress this, they're not biblically married. Any sex act is done uh, outside of the confines of the standards that God set up for marriage. Biblically, is fornication. And so if we're going to persist on uh, going in a direction that's opposite of the will of God, when it comes to our diet, when it comes to sexual practices, when it comes to exercising, it impacts our health. And it can impact it in a in an extremely bad way because we're talking heart disease, we're talking uh, strokes, joint wear, just a, a whole host of things that can happen. So that's what today's program is about. I hope that you all enjoyed it. I hope it is something that is going to edify the soul and the mind. As always, we appreciate any response. Uh, go to the website and leave a, a question or a comment in the comment section or leave a voice recording, right, Carol? They can record it. Mm, that's correct. Keep us in prayer. Carol and I are obsessed with improving the experience on the podcast. Yes, we are. And and, and we uh, we wanted to not only be edifying for you, but, but edifying to the point where you want to literally share it with others. Mm. So again, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast today. And we look forward to uh, coming back again next week. God willing, uh, we will. And we hope that you all have a lovely, lovely week. Thank you and goodbye. You know, as usual, Carol and I want to thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to the program. We would uh, appreciate it so much if you would be willing to make a donation to the program, which you can do at Patreon. Uh, Any donation, big or small, would be greatly appreciated. So you can go there to help out the program, help spread the word and help develop new programs for the future. Again, as always, thank you so much and goodbye. Mm